Apple presents events at the Apple Store. Let's take a look at the trailer for Hell Baby. Look, boys, I may have another job for you. Take a look at that photo. So gross. Super gross. Super gross. This neighborhood is on the upswing. We could paint this place today, sell it tomorrow, and still make money. Yes, we could. Jeepers. You're not just a little nervous in this house? Hey, there's not one thing to be afraid of in this house. Ah! What are you doing out there? You can't move into the Maison de Sang and not raise a few eyebrows. Maison de Sang? What does it mean? House of Blood. Oh, well, that's cool. Yeah, yeah. This place has a nickname already. has had a strange effect on my wife. Yes, darling. And I think she might be possessed by a demon, so I'm a little stressed out. Bitches be tripping. That's some crazy shit. We have pictures of a ghost dog and a gruesome crucifixion murder. Could be the devil, you know? Could be an ex-girlfriend on PCP. Whoa! It's a harpy. You guys get a lot of these? You'd be surprised. Kinda. People that think that the devil is made up like Santa Claus, but I assure you, the devil is real. We're going to need some per diem. If we uh, wrap this up in time, I kinda wanna check out the French Quarter, huh? Is this a place where the girls Flash out their boobies. Yikes. College girls taking their perky brand new boobs out for a little uh, victory lap. You had me at perky new boobs. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome this evening's guest moderator, Kevin Poloi, and tonight's guests, Robert Ben Garrett and Thomas Lennon. Hello, everyone. Thanks for coming out. Hi. First Tom. thing, let's, let's get all the babies out of here. Or let's show them a trailer for a super weird film. <laughs> <laughs> that you just saw. <laughs> <laughs> Tom, Ben, thank you guys so much for coming out. <laughs> Thanks for having us. Thanks for having us. Hey, uh, Tom, thank you for not wearing short shorts. They're, the they're on underneath in case of an emergency. Uh, uh, that you'll be directed to the exits, and I will rip these off to the shorts underneath. Are there any Reno 911 fans in the building tonight? The state. And now we have Hell Baby, which you saw, just saw the trailer for. Uh, you guys, this is an exorcism film. Mm -hmm. Like... The Conjuring, mm -hmm. breaking all sorts of records. Mm -hmm. I assume that this was based on a true story. Parts of it definitely are based on a true story. Um, you did move into a house with a lamp that tried I'm, to kill you. I moved into a spooky old house. I have a baby from hell. <laughs> um, he tries to bite my face off on occasion. 
Um, a lot of this, a lot of the eating in the film is very autobiographical. Um, a lot of all, a lot of the nudity is fictional, which is a weird thing to describe. But the, the nudity in the film is, for the most part, fictional, even though it's fairly uh, gratuitous. Gratuitous. Gratuitous is the word I'm looking for. Mm -hmm. You know how sometimes you're like, hey, there can be nudity in a film if it's intrinsic to the story. That is not the case here. No, not at all. Yeah. Really gratuitous. A lot of things that happen in the film are gratuitous and gross. Yes. And gross-tuitous, which is a new word I just made up. Yeah, you mentioned that there is a lot of eating in this movie. We some, stop some orgasm. To, we stop to eat and then talk about what we're mm -hmm. eating a lot. For a movie where the devil is being incarnate yeah. on the planet, we, we, we slow down and talk about pizza salad several mm -hmm. times. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's really the climax. Not to spoil the movie, except almost every character dies. It's uh, true. <laughs> that's a literally a spoiler <laughs> alert. But in you what would, way? What do you mean? <laughs> every character dies except for like two or three, and uh, everyone eats tons of food. Yes. Yeah. And then um, not really that much else happens. This this is sort of our foray into like jazz. Yeah. You know, we've kind of gone off the rails with this one a little bit. I would say. Tell us what inspired you guys to create Hell Baby. Uh, we, uh, two years ago, we decided to take the energy and sort of production model behind Reno 911, which was doing stuff super, super cheap so that we're not really on anybody's radar and there aren't a lot of people in suits around the monitor giving us notes. Yes. And channel that energy into a movie, which I guess they call those indies, which we've never heard of before. Yeah, we had never done... Uh, the, the less money you take from people, the less you have to hear them go, blah, 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 blah. Um, nor normally, before you get on set, you've had at least... 200 meetings about oh every joke. Movie, about every studio line. movies are six, five, six, seven, eight years sometimes to get going. Uh, this so one we wrote, uh, the budget was 1.9 million. Yep. Somebody just gave it to us, yep. and then we did it. Yeah. It was really fun. We spent some of that money on sandwiches that we eat on screen. All the money goes onto sandwiches yeah. on the screen. We didn't spend any money on costumes because people are naked. A lot. Um, but it was it was definitely a reaction to like years of writing very structured uh, big studio movies, and just uh, you know in an effort to sort of um, stay sane in, in the studio system to do something that's very, very not a uh, not a movie that anybody would have approved at any level uh, in the in the mainstream system certainly. Did you guys look at other horror spoofs that have been made over the years? Uh, a haunted house, scary movie part. 17, wherever they are with that franchise, and just say, we can do this better. You know, I'm remiss to say I haven't seen t too many of the spoofy ones. I'm not the biggest spoofy guy. I think the last spoof I liked was like Top Secret. Spaceballs, uh, maybe? Yeah, Spaceballs and Top Secret. But, but this movie was not, the intention wasn't to make a spoof. The intention was to make a, uh, a film sort of like The Orphanage, uh, but just with the... A, a terribly miscast horror film. Uh, what, what if you did The Exorcist with a bunch of goofballs yeah. instead of good actors? Yeah. Um, and, and it really worked. We, we, we watch more, this is safe to say, horror movies probably oh, yes. than comedies. Oh, we're without big, a doubt. We're big yeah. horror nerds. Yeah. And, and yeah. It, was, it was neat to kind of use a horror movie as a jumping off point for a really stupid movie. 
Um, and also, it, it does give you a sort of shorthand, because literally, the whole movie w begins, like, they just walk out to the house, they're like, hey, this house is probably haunted. Yeah, let's go inside and see what happens. And then you get to skip ahead of, like, lots of track that you don't have to lay, because everybody's like, oh, yeah, I kind of know what sort of is supposed to happen in this movie. Then we can take detours, because it's sort of charted territory, which is nice. So is the goal, or is there the temptation there to land, you know, as many genuine scares as there are, like, land in those jokes? I don't know if there's genuine scares. There's genuine startles yeah. in it. Like we kind of we we've seen it with audiences, and we get them to jump a couple of times. We the, the tagline for the movie should be "You will be scared uh, one quarter to death." <laughs> Hell, baby, you will be scared exactly one quarter to death, but not half. Uh, it's certainly a funnier movie. I mean, if you look at the cast, it's got some super super silly people in it. Um, ourselves included so uh, no it's certainly not the intention wasn't to make a spoof it was just to make a m the intention was to make the kind of movie that we would get uh, if we went home and were just getting something on iTunes for the evening yes yeah with chuckles and boobs <laughs> well you mentioned startles Rob Corddry chuckles startles boobs Rob Corddry gets startled so Boom. much in this movie he gets startled a lot at one he gets startled so many times that at one point he screams on camera I am so sick of being startled. Uh, which is why we almost called the film The Startling. The Startling. With, writing it with drippy, like, with sinister drippy letters, but it just confused people. We also almost called the movie Hell Baby 2. Uh, despite the fact that there, we had, there was no predecessor. Well, not the Leonard Part 6. Yeah, just... Uh, and and then, if people were to ask us about it, we were going to say we made a Hell Baby 1, but it was unreleasable. It was so bad, it, we, <laughs> we couldn't put it out. So we're just doing the sequel out there. So we just skipped ahead to the sequel. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so we, we just made that decision. In fairness, we made that decision like we made a lot of decisions. In New Orleans, a lot of your decisions are fuzzy. Just super fuzzy. Because you're so unbelievably drunk. Or hungover. Yeah. That's true. Or that very creative area, the twilight. The twilight between hungover and drunk. Yeah. Four o'clock. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but in fairness, that's how Streetcar Named Desire got written. And this garbage. Yep. <laughs> Speaking of this garbage, <laughs> let's roll another clip. <laughs> I cracked myself up with that. Allow me to introduce myself. I am Fennell Edmonds. I live across the way over here. Oh. And you are Jack and Vanessa. Yeah. <laughs> Jack, you're a PhD student at Tulane University. How are you? And Vanessa, you are an occupational therapist expecting your face, baby. <laughs> yep. Wow. Know a lot about us? <laughs> Come on, y'all, please. You can't move into the maze on this song and not raise a few eyebrows. Fresnel? Fresnel. It, it, it's spelled just like it sounds. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. F apostrophe R E S N E L. It's it's really nice to meet you. Well, it's very nice to meet the two of you as well. Sorry, yeah. we screamed. Oh, I'm sorry, I screamed. <laughs> did you say, um, did you say? Maison de Sang? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's what, that's what all the locals called. You know, we, uh, that's, that's the name we've been using for years and years and years. Yeah. Oh, well, that's cool. Yeah, yeah. This place has a nickname already. It's like uh, <laughs> Taro or uh, Twelve Oaks. A little you know? bit like that. Well, that's, that's very Southern. Oh, it is very Southern. <laughs> what does that mean? House of Blood. It what? House of Blood. And, of course, you know, the Cajuns, they like to call it Liu. La mort ne jamais. Oh, I like that. Isn't that pretty? I love uh, the sound of that. Uh, what, what does that one mean? Oh, place where the dead never rest. Mm. 
Then, of course, there's also Casa Pilderosa, that's Spanish for House of the Lost. Yeah. And then some people just call it the spooky old house on down the way. <laughs> but not for y'all to worry about. No, no, no. Nobody has been moited in this house in a long time. I mean, it's not like anybody got moited up in here yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> wow, see, nobody's been murdered here for a long, 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 long time. Yeah. Years, it sounds like. It sounds oh, oh, I'm like. sorry, no, did, did, did I say years? Because if I did, I misspoke. No, no, they have been very, very recent murders. It's just that um, not, not any in this calendar year. <laughs> um, I forgot as we were listing titles, there was a period where it was also called the spooky old house on down the way. <laughs> But that also seemed, that seems like a sort of ill-advised title. Not that the title we have is not ill-advised. It's also it's egregiously stupid. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's Keegan-Michael Key. And uh, he lives in the crawl space, apparently, mm -hmm. of the house. Spoiler alert. And we wrote the whole movie just so that he could come in and do that. Just yeah. so he can kind of walk in and say long, weird, pointless, wonderful things. Yeah, that's, uh, that really is the only point of the movie is uh, some of the things that he says. And then at one point, he introduces another spoiler alert. At the climax of the film, he introduces the main characters, one of whom is going to have the, the baby of the devil. He introduces them to the idea of pizza salad, where you order a pizza from Domino's, and you mix it in a bowl with a salad, also from Domino's. I hope so that becomes a thing. Spoiler alert, that is the climax of the film. I'm telling you right now, that's exactly what... I, uh, uh, shortly after that, people get their faces ripped off by a monster. But the, uh, the really exciting really part the, is, yeah. the, is the, the pizza salad. Yeah, he's hilarious. I, the, uh, the hilarious cast that was uh, assembled here. You have uh, Rob Corddry, Leslie Bibb, mm -hmm. Keegan-Michael Key, Michael Ian Black, Paul Shear, Rob Schubel. Uh, was this the first time that you, I, I believe this is the first time you guys were able to assemble your own cast? Well, th the great thing about making a sort of an indie movie like this is, yeah, there's no, you don't have to run everything by a ton of people. Um, yeah, there's no pressure to put, well, this kid's going to be a star, and this yeah. guy's on the Disney Channel. Oh get my him, God, get, so yeah, get somebody who's hip. It's a super group of yeah. like our favorite comedy mm -hmm. people. Most of them have their own comedy shows. That is a weird thing. It is sort of a super group because you've got Key and Peele represented, Human Giant. Uh, Ricky Lindholm, whose show starts in HBO. Uh, Garfunkel Notes is coming to HBO soon. So it's, it's, it's kind of like a... What was the Traveling Wilburys? Exactly. It's like the Traveling Wilburys okay. without the guy from ELO. Okay. <laughs> we couldn't get him. He was yeah. the only one who Jeff passed. Jeff Lynn just came to me, everybody. Jeff Lynn. <laughs> yes, yes. And it's Rob Hughes. Is he here by any chance? Jeff Lynn? Electric Light Orchestra? Passed away, I think. Oh, I, I imagine it was a, a, a nonstop laugh riot on set. Well, um, you, you will notice in the credits, yes. I don't know how many movies give special thanks to a drink, um, yeah. but we thank the Rumhouse's painkillers yeah. because we would have trays of them at the end of every day. Mm -hmm. And by the end of the shoot, we were, they were delivering them in vats. Yeah. We had to take the shelves out of the fridge so it would fit our Because we got a, like an emergency, like a FEMA like container. Like a FEMA rum drink yeah. container. That sounds like a joke anecdote. It's 100% accurate. <laughs> and it's reflected in the film, mm. which is sometimes out of focus. <laughs> I'm I, totally kidding. The movie's in very sharp focus. I almost but, forgot the two most important actors in the film. These guys. Tell, mm. tell us who you play. Thank you very much. <laughs> I know that felt a little forced and awkward, but, but it means a lot. Um, we play uh, two priests from the Vatican who come into the movie 
to, to kind of swing a crucifix at the baby and try to, the, the hell baby. I'll tell you right now, a hell baby, it's like that old Chekhov rule. Don't name a movie and then not introduce. A baby from hell does come out and eats our faces. And yeah. And we try to swat at it. That's the, sort of the We're biggest. Very thing we inefficient do. exorcists. Yeah, yeah. We we're as good at exorcists as we are cops. In oh, Reno, exactly. I would say. Yeah. Remember, if you ever saw the Reno movie when we chased the chicken around, and it's we like tried that to, with the devil. Yeah. It's exa- literally exactly that. Yeah. Um, but we play uh, two priests. Uh, we have somewhat plausible accents. Plausible enough for a movie like this. Sure. Mm-hmm. A you Spaniard know. and a I'm Italian. a Spaniard. I play a Spaniard. Uh, based vaguely on um, an accent I heard Antonio Banderas use in an Amaldivar movie in the 90s that I didn't remember very well. And you, you do saw, a kind of a I saw Down by Law with oh, Roberto that's what Benini. You're doing. Yeah, kind of Roberto college. Benini guy. Yeah. Nice. And you guys smoke yeah. a lot of cigarettes. Yeah, we I actually, chain smoke a lot. I made myself a little queasy on this movie. Kids, don't, don't. One, Michael Caine says don't smoke in movies ever because uh, it leads to a lot continuity. of inconsistencies with continuity, which is true. Um, it also, when you smoke as much, it doesn't make you queasy. So much smoking and eating, you're going to queeze yourself out, especially if you're drinking painkillers all day. <laughs> you guys are, are seasoned screenwriters. You've written the uh, Night at the Museum movies, The Pacifier, Reno 911, Miami, of course. Uh, this film marks your directorial debuts. Mm-hmm. What was that experience like? Was it hard doing it together? Did your relationship change? Did you guys fight at all? You know, we have we met uh, very close by at NYU in the fall of 1988, um, and we remember when this building was a post office. As a matter of fact, when th- there used to be something called mail, where you had to go to a place, go, you'd go to a place, and then a human being, you'd open it up, and be like, "Oh, look at this! There's an email on paper." And we also uh, walking around New York realize we've become the two old guys oh. who point out, and that used to they be Nathan's hot dogs. And this be. place had a knish that were that were those there guys. Was a, now. There, was a, there was a chicken that would beat you tic tac toe <laughs> on Mulberry, right down. Oh God, it was beautiful. It was beautiful. We become those guys. We're those guys. We're gonna stop being. We're the Statler and Waldorf of uh, our of, of our, our own, own lives. Oy, oy. But the we point so we've, was we've worked oh. together for twenty five years. Yeah. we basically direct. Reno 911 the show together mm-hmm. and we would just flip Pretty a much. coin to see who gets credit for even or odd episodes that season but we've been we don't argue we've been doing it if, if you're going to write or or work with somebody else one of the best things about going to NYU is and when we started the state is it's not what they teach you there but it's the the people you'll meet people that are so supremely motivated and like we fell in with a very very motivated bunch of people um, Very driven and competitive. The, I mean, the state, all we would we would do live shows all the time. Whether you know, we never really asked for permission. I think was the important thing. And, and if you're in the arts and acting or writing or music or screenwriting or anything, don't don't wait around for somebody's permission because it's not coming. No one's gonna help you get your thing off the ground. Just do it. Create your own so work. Work, work, work. So we did shows in the park. We did shows yeah. in Washington Square Park. We like did the Strawberry Festival. We would open up for the toasters. We would do any show that anyone would ask us to do. We'd show up with a big box of props, wacky wigs. Wacky props. Yeah. And there'd be like a cool ska band looking at us setting up our wacky props. And you'd this feel This is for lame, our sketch about saltine yeah. crackers. Yeah. And, and then Carrot Top came along and ruined it for Boom. you guys. Boom. Exactly. Yes. So there are no R- slap fights on set. That's, uh, that's no, you know what? I mean, that, uh, we did write a book about uh, uh, screenwriting. Um, and it, a lot of it deals with how to work as a partner. And it's all about just sort of maximizing the, the creative part and, and 
turning down the tedium and the fighting as much as possible. We literally never fight. Our, our, our creative process, someone, I mean, somebody did just steal something from the Apple store. <laughs> <laughs> Tom, this is true. Does he do this a lot? He was almost shot by the uh, LAPD because someone really stole his bike. He took an air rifle that he keeps by his door, ran after the guy, down the middle of the street, shooting at him with his air rifle, saying, I'm gonna kill you, I'm gonna kill you. LAPD got some calls about that. The guy got away, so did the bike, and as he was walking back, he realized there was a helicopter over him, and he was surrounded by cops saying, line of fire, line of fire, line of fire. And lucky, 16 shotguns pointed at me. He was, he was recognized by the captain of the West Hollywood yeah. Police Force as yeah. Officer Dangle. Yeah. Or he would, be, he would be in the news as a corpse. Corpse news. The worst kind of news to be in. Well, we were telling a great story before the crime spree happened. We were talking about writing. About writing. Oh, yeah. I think you were talking about focus. <laughs> <laughs> I can't help it if I fucking spidey sense. Excuse me. Pardon me. Oh, you know, another th we talk about it in our books, but this is a good thing to talk about at the Apple Store. There's better, when we started out, any, the, the cheapest Apple computer you can buy has yes. the software that is literally 10,000 times more sophisticated than what we started making films and editing on. Or it's even, even at MTV. At MTV, had you had two tape machines back and forth, and that's how you edited. And now your computers come with uh, more than a studio back in the day. We would cut things with like a razor blade, and then you tape it together. That's literally what we did the with old our Steinbecks. So, and then we'd walk across to the post office, and we would mail it up. Oh, we'd mail off our films. <laughs> I think we're ready to open it up to the floor if you guys have some questions. Uh, by the way, you did, you did mention uh, your, the book that you guys released a couple of years ago. Uh, it's called Writing Movies yes. for Fun and Profit. Fun is, is crossed, crossed out. out. If you guys are interested in screenwriting, definitely check it out. It, it is a very, very uh, entertaining and informative read. It's very obnoxious. The cover is very yes, obnoxious. Yes, good point to make. Um, but we give all the money to the USO, 100%. Yes. And it's, it looks like a joke, but everything in it is true. It's, yeah. it's not a book on how to write. It's a book on the business side. It's a book on now that you have made yourself into a great screenwriter, what happens? What do I do? Which there weren't any real books about that written by people who'd done it. It's just, right. it's just about surviving the system, which is fairly crazy. Yeah. Great. Hi. Um, I have been a fan of both of you guys for like since the show started. So <laughs> thank, thank you so much for thank all you. the laughs. Elaborate on that, please. Um, Reno 911. No, when okay. the season one started, like I was obsessed, and then I loved you. your night at so the museum. So you're a recreational drug user. Yes. <laughs> they go together. Um, <laughs> I uh, I'm also a st I'm a student at Tisch. Um, I'm a dramatic writing student. Go violets. Go violets. Yes. Go violets. Violets. Exactly. Violets. Violets. <laughs> so I was wondering. Um, a lot of my TV instructors emphasize like partnerships and, and writing mm. teams. Yes. Um, would you like? Did you guys ever want to do solo endeavors before you started? We we team? both we both do. do. Yeah, and, and we continue to like. Sometimes I'll do just acting stuff. Ben has a has a straight up uh, horror horror film coming out in January. Jezebel. Jezebel with Jason Blum. Um, um, I the the good thing if you do it right, if you have a partner, I would say the most important thing about finding a partner is. Equally as important as taste and sensibility is work ethic. 100%. You have to find somebody who works as hard as you or harder, or it's doomed from the start. Like, right. you both have to 
keep each other on your toes. And, and just for fun, is the thing you do, is it writing? Yes. Because yeah. writing, <clears throat> unlike some other things, is a basically a solitary endeavor. Um, uh, we go over it in the book a little bit, but the, the way to keep yourself sane, what we do is we do all the, the hard part. We'll like go to a bar to do outlines and we'll just talk out loud and, and figure start out what, what's the joke, what's exactly. the big what concept, at what are the characters, exactly. just the big fun stuff. We try to make each other laugh and come up with a big idea. And then one Separate. of us will go sort of do bullet points, send the bullet points to the other person who will turn the bullet points into sentences who will then trade it back and then we tur turning things into paragraphs and then we've got a 10 page outline basically that we're looking at but the writing never write with someone over your shoulder you will end up wanting to kill them and vice versa it, it it's, it's one person is typing and the other person is telling them what to type and how and it's hell it's the worst but if, if you have a really good outline that you've gone yeah. back and forth and don't do that in the same room either send yeah. it back and forth and the good thing about that is our our rule is you don't complain about something and say something's bad. Just write something better. Just replace it with something replace better. Replace it with something better. And it takes all the arguing out of the process. It, 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 you're just not you're not arguing hypothetically. You're doing it. And then and if you just, have a 10-page outline, yeah. divide yeah. it into pages. You do page one. You do page two. You do page three. And send it back and forth so that every time, if you send me your part, I'll put them both together. I'll rewrite the whole thing. Send it back. You put your part three. Rewrite the whole thing. So then, then by the time you're at the end of the movie, it's like a twentieth draft, you and you're almost finessing done. the whole time. But then you yeah. can do work twice as fast with a partner. And if you're in the same room, you'll do it twice as slow. It also, it just, you know, I mean, and, and there are definitely other ways to do that. Of course, we have had eleven films made, so it's you know, and been basically together, and not so far not killed each other since uh, the '80s, so. And, and, it's, and, uh, and we'd recommend it. And if you find somebody who you like and works as hard as you, it's actually really fun and productive. I attended Emerson College. Never got into, into media or entertainment. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm in finance now. Mm -hmm. And now I've reconnected with many of my friends from Emerson College, and I'm now financing their projects. Mm. So I really appreciate it when someone in, in, in entertainment doesn't want my money. That's when I <laughs> want to give it to them. And so could you tell me about what you sacrificed by making your project ah. at 1.9 million? Yes. Because my concern is that when you make a budget that low, especially when it's guys like mm -hmm. you, that you're making the investor pregnant. So, mm -hmm. you know, if the investor said to you, thanks for only asking 1.9 million, but mm -hmm. if I gave you more, what would you add? The main thing, the biggest thing, um, first of all, never give somebody else money to make a movie. And everybody get his card. Get this guy's card. <laughs> yeah, let's talk afterwards. <laughs> this guy leave. seems amazing. <laughs> Don't ever, ever put money into a movie. Literally, it's like a pipe dream. Um, no. Uh, well, we, we've done it both ways. And like we're, we're used to doing studio movies. And when you do studio movies, the more money they spend, the better it is. Because the more likely they are to make the movie. But, I mean, 1.9, we thought we could do it at 1.9. We, yeah. we didn't make unreasonable cuts like the we knew only, the thing the hugest thing you sacrifice is time, time. yeah you don't what you don't get is time and somebody shut that baby up um yeah, for, for 1.9 totally, you know i'm kidding it was a it was a it was a 20 day shoot and we have a decade of experience of specific low budget and so we kind of know for example, we cut out the transpo department. Yeah. Like we didn't move. We did everything no. in one block, Oof. which saved 
40% of the budget right, right there. Because moving, it's not just the trucks and the drivers, it's the time. It's, it's you, time. you lose half you a lose day. You lose a ton of time. So if you're doing a movie where you don't have any time, uh, what you need is something like this where every, almost every single character in the film has had their own TV series that they created and produced. Because they all know, like, oh, we got, this can't, we can't, we're not figuring this out. Yeah. We've got to go. You know, and like the, um, the the Blumhouse model, the Paranormal Activity and the Purge, like their secret is one location, and that's it. Like they do it, like the Purge is one. Don't move house. around. Don't move. Like if you move, you're in trouble. Mm -hmm. And tell a story that doesn't rely on special effects and that doesn't have to be beautiful, because setting up beauty takes time. Mm -hmm. Like we, you know, we it just just you can see we're. It's a we found a beautiful location, a great haunted house, but then it's shot like a sitcom. You know, we, we didn't pretty much have time yeah. to set up shots for three hours because it's a comedy and who cares? Like now, and like the Jason Blum movies, Paranormal Activity, it's a, about a look that looks like a little tiny video monitor and who cares? So you have to be smart, but cut your cut time, your moves, time cut and your places. Moves. And uh, you know, casting. I mean this was a nice movie because everyone basically did it for scale because they liked the script and wanted to be in it. And if you don't have a cast or a director that has done something low budget, find a line producer who you trust. Yeah. Take him off a reality oh, show. Yeah. Take yeah. him off of something that knows how to shoot something for $200,000. Right. And if you've never done it before, don't hire that guy. Keep looking. Yeah. Find somebody who knows how it to produce to, something it helps for to no money. have a money. real angry first assistant director who's like a chain smoker. Yes. Who, who somebody just walks around and is just like... <laughs> We are our, our somebody uh, like that just tends to keep our assistant moving. director has been doing it for so long yeah. that he he does this every time he talks because he's been talking into a walkie you know those, for those twenty walkies, years and so it, even it. if you're just sitting with him he does this when he talks to yeah. you <laughs> it's pretty interesting time time is the big thing and time is time is you the won't killer. have any of those hey guys uh, big fan I love the book hey uh, thank you everything you've done basically hey. There's, um, some, there's some low points, but that's okay. Well, you didn't like we'll Taxi. Come on. I've seen Taxi. That's Thank not you. liking it. Thank <laughs> you for seeing it. <laughs> yeah. Supported um, Taxi. Right. Yeah. Um, did you guys like the process of this, like having to sell the movie and everything, or do you think you'd rather go back to the big studio movies? Uh, you know, it's a very fun uh, change of pace. Um, I will say with uh, indies come a lot of the same weird things that happen with the big studios, but you you lose money on the movie. <laughs> yeah. So that's the fun part of it. Um, it's totally different. It's the same yeah. kind of dog and pony show of getting somebody mm -hmm. to give the money. It's the same, like mm -hmm. everybody acts like Sundance mm -hmm. is like this artsy fartsy thing, but it's the exact very, same. People are wheeling and dealing slick. and talking yeah. to variety and getting their it's, gift bags. It's like it's the same. You think? Yeah. It's, it's you just don't have any money, but they also don't give you any notes. Yeah, as you can tell if you watch this film, you're like, "Wow, no one gave them any notes on this film." This is the third time they eat sandwiches. Um, they, it, I, they're both great. If you get a job doing either, oh, oh my God, never guys. leave. If you guys take your get fingers a job, in and never leave because you you're get the a luckiest job guy on earth. One studio movie ever. Hang on tight. It's hard. The turn. I mean, it's it's very tricky, and especially to get hired again. But that's what the book is about, obviously. Thanks. Which is available in the iTunes store. <laughs> How did you originally came with the idea of the hell baby of that particular character? And uh, mm. did you do any prior research in terms of would that be very popular among majority of the population? Mm -hmm. 
Dope. Did we do any research into would this film be popular? Uh, clearly not, if you've seen <laughs> the film. Uh, we're not really catering to any... This is, But, but uh, the, while that was a joke answer, it's also true. This is a yeah. movie, like our work on, I think, The State and some of our more abstract kind of Reno 911 stuff, it was a movie to crack us up. Yeah. Tom, it was Tom's idea, and what Tom said to me was, what if, like, Reno 911, but they were exorcists? Yeah. And I said... Yeah, great. Oh, great. Yeah, perfect. And then, uh, and then that's all we did. So we didn't really run it by anybody. We, we just like the genre. We, lo- you know, we we love horror films. We love the idea of going to New Orleans with funny people. A- and for the most part, the movie was about Keegan playing that character of Fresnel. Uh, is just something we wanted to do. It was as we watched the clip of him talking right now. I would watch. I would watch a channel that's just Keegan Michael Key. You know tells you crazy stories. If you that haven't be, seen yeah. his show, Key and Peele, oh my God, it's, it's, amazing. it's great. Yeah. It's really funny. So funny. Hi, how are you guys? Very good, thank um, you. I have written a couple of scripts, mm-hmm. comedy. Great. And um, how do you know it's funny? Ah, <laughs> uh, this is, well, that's the interesting thing because the comedy is the only thing where you can get immediate feedback. Yes. You need to shoot some stuff, do a table read, put it up on its feet, have people read it, You'll know immediately. Mm-hmm. My question is, how do people who do dramas know they're done? How do you know you're done? I don't know how... Should the mom get cancer? Are they yeah. crying enough? Like, like, I don't know how dramatic people know they're done. Uh, it, Comedy is the easiest thing in the world to tell. Do it, do it uh, have people get together and read it. And you can yeah. sit around and talk about comedy theory till the end of the world, and it means nothing. Nothing Put in the world. something on its feet in front of people. And yeah. if they laugh, it's funny. Yeah, and if it's they don't, it's feedback. not. You know, and it, it's really simple. Like, and if and you don't know, we, we recommend, uh, yeah. uh, if you're getting into screenwriting at all, take a class at the UCB, uh, an improvisation class. Not even just for acting, but for pitching. You'll also meet a ton of actors who can read your stuff. It's just a great way to, it'll also make you write better dialogue, and it'll make you more comfortable pitching. Taking an improv class as a writer is one of the smartest things you could possibly do. It helps it you. Help you in it helps you think in character, and you can tell when you read a screenplay of someone who's never had their work produced or put on its feet. Yeah. It's really clear because yeah. b- passages of dialogue are way too long, and Usually. description of action is way too long. Like just even if it's not actors, just have some friends and buy them some wine and like listen to it, and you'll learn. You'll learn so much. O- almost all scripts are way too long anyway. For yeah. the record, I don't know where the notion that a script should be 120 pages is. That's positively insane. We, we do a lot yeah. of rewrites, and so we get scripts every day, um, and uh, 95 pages. Like they're they're light. Every page is expensive. If you want someone to read your spec, keep it under 100. Yeah. If if someone's making it and it's over about 105, they're going to start to get mad at you because it's so expensive. And if I you mean they can just look at it. Studio executives can feel the weight of your script and be like, well, this is expensive. Yeah. yeah, but but put even put some stuff. If you're not sure, put it on its feet and listen mm-hmm. to. Do you laugh? Do other people in the room laugh? Because that's comedy. If you don't laugh, it doesn't work. It's pretty great immediate feedback. Great. Last question. All right. Make it Hi a guys. Good one. Um, first of all, thanks for being here with us today. Super awesome for you to take the time. And also, thanks. I can vouch for that baby. I hung out with him. He's pretty chill. Um, thanks for having us. Absolutely. Um, my I still question, want that baby out of here. Get that baby. Um, as a semi-recent NYU grad from Tisch, mm. um, go Violets. Uh, yeah, thank you. My, uh, violets, Violets, yes, Violets. Awesome. Um, as an actor, I've been having a lot of trouble figuring out how to like market myself and mm-hmm. what my type is. Did mm-hmm. you guys have to go through that? And what was your solution? Uh, Did you yes. just say, throw it out the window, go for whatever? Um, you know, it's interesting. There's a whole class in Los Angeles that teaches you what your myth is. 
There's this whole theory that like if you know what you represent in stories, um, like I apparently am a creepy doctor. You're not that creepy in Batman. You're just like a regular doctor. I guess I'm a regular doctor. I'm a regular doctor or just creepy person. Um, but, it, you know, I mean, it does, there is a certain uh, knack to figuring out what you represent in stories and, and honing that. The only, the only thing I'll say about acting uh, as it relates to what we do is the more you need it to happen and the more uh, it has to ha work out for you, the less it will work out. <laughs> The more you can relax and uh, you know improvise um, and truly let people feel like they'd be lucky to have you, it tends to work out more. Like as soon as I stopped caring about acting, I got super busy. So that's a terrible piece of advice to give, <laughs> but it also happens to weirdly be true. The, but the o the other thing is for us, even as actors, is the exact same thing, which is we never ever waited for somebody's permission to do something. Create your own work. We never waited for somebody to say, "We're gonna, you know, what? We're gonna take this idea of yours. We're gonna make a big splashy musical out of it," because that's never coming. Go that's find a, other people yeah. who are driven, UCB or, or wherever, and and keep, get a group yeah. together and just start trying make to your do own stuff. Work. Put it on the internet, you know. Uh, put it up in bars. Put it up in a little theater. Like put your own money so that do you're plays, performing. Do anything. You you learn exponentially more doing it and doing it with an audience and getting an audience reaction than you can like thinking about it. And another thing that I've learned watching my friends who are actors, like perseverance is 90% of it. Like the yeah, ones who are still around are all busy and Eventually working. you get to my age, sometimes other people are just not available. You're like, hey, I hear you as a guy you're doing. Yeah. Yeah, I'll be that guy. Sure. And you can't Hang find around. out what you're good with until you've done it a while. No. You know, you can't find out what's but your myth until you've done things that are right for you and things that are but wrong don't, for don't you. Don't wait for somebody to say, I approve of you, now come into my city of candy. <laughs> That's not happening. <laughs> and if it does, call the police. If it does, call the police. <laughs> yeah. Thomas, Ben, thank you guys so much for being thank here. Thank you for having us. Thank you guys for coming out. Hell Baby is on demand now in theaters September 6th. Check it out. You will laugh your ass off and be scared 25% uh, to death. <laughs>